Welcome back to Big Lezzers League. Now, if you didn't catch on from last week, I'm going to be reacting to all of the team lists each week for finals uh, for each game, going through the changes for both sides. Uh, let's start off with the Melbourne Storm v. the Sydney Roosters, and we'll start off with the Melbourne Storm. Now, obviously, super unlucky with Ryan Pappenhausen. He obviously is out for the next three months. It's going to be out for the rest of the final series. Broke his ankle. So devastating when he's been out for 405 days. We saw, you know, glimpses of the recovery process, obviously, in that documentary, and he's now completely out of finals. It was such a narrative little story as well for him to come back in the finals period, obviously a few weeks before finals, you know, playing some unreal football off the bench and obviously in that starting game against the Broncos a week out from finals as well. Uh, and then, obviously, the first week of finals, he breaks his ankle. I mean, so devastating for him. I think he's quite lucky in the sense that it is only a three-month recovery or it's reported to be a three-month recovery. But so unlucky for him. I mean, he's gone through a lot over the past few months. He has gone through a lot with that, uh, obviously, destroyed patella injury. He's destroyed his patella, obviously, 405 days ago now. Uh, and it was, it was a long road to recovery. He had to go to America to receive special treatment and rehab procedures over there uh, with an expert over there for the Philadelphia uh, Eagles, I think it is, over in the NFL. Uh, and then came back and did a lengthy rehab process here. Obviously, there was a machine where he had to sort of move his leg around on there and test the, I don't think it's range of motion. I think it's more so just how much strength he has in the knee. And he kept getting 70%, 80%, 70%, 80%. I've said that so many times in this podcast. You know, finally gets right for NRL, plays three weeks and is injured again. I mean, it is such a sad way to go out for Ryan Pappenhausen. And yes, wishing him all the best in recovery. Now, I think having Xavier Coates out, obviously, with that syndesmosis injury as well, it presents the perfect opportunity to bring back Justin Olam into this side. And that's what they've done here. Uh, they've also brought in Remus Smith. And young Tonomapia is out, I believe, due to concussion. So both of those guys are out. Uh, Justin Olam and Remus Smith are in. Remus Smith being on the wing. Justin Olam being in the centers. Got those two mixed up. But... Uh, you know, Justin Olin being back in this team. He played all right against Brisbane the other week when he came in. Yes, it was a reserve-grade Brisbane side, but he still played quite well, in my opinion. I think he's going to come in and have a massive impact. And him guarding Paul Momorowski, you know, he was a bit dodgy when he came in for the Roosters in the last, um, you know, last time he came in for the Roosters at the start of the year, I believe, or maybe the back end of last year. Um I don't know if this is his first game this year. It might actually be his first game this year for Paul Momorowski. Um this season, he's had two appearances. So I think that was mainly at the start of the year. It's his third appearance this season. Um, and he wasn't doing too well coming in for the Roosters those two times. He is a great player, though, and he has had a lot of success in finals, actually. Uh, obviously, winning comps with Penrith and the Melbourne Storm. So might be a bit of a cheeky omen there, Pomorowski. Might be a bit of a cheeky little omen there at centre. But obviously, he comes in as well into this side. I'll am running at him. I mean, there is going to be some big shots. I think that Momorowski is going to be one of the easiest centers for Olem to guard, and that's nothing 
uh, you know, on Paul Morovsky. But from what I've seen from him this year, especially at the start of the year, I think that Justin Olam is going to really aim up in defense, put some massive hits on. And Paul Morovsky, if they're going up against each other, I think he's going to be one of the victims of that, of Justin Olam trying to work his way back into this Melbourne side because he has been in reserve grade a little bit longer than he's been injured for. Obviously, there was a little part of uh, that stage where he was injured, but he was in reserve grade for a lot longer than he was injured for. He was out of this side for a lot longer than he was injured for. Uh, Obviously, playing for the Sunshine Coast Falcons in the Q Cup. Uh, But he's back now. I think he's going to have a massive impact in this game. Olim, I think he's going to play out of his skin as he does in finals football and as as he has done in finals football in the past. And then Remus Smith on the wing, I think one of the reporters must have said it for Channel 9 or something. I saw the quote in um, in the uh, on one of the articles today on Instagram. Uh, but they were saying that when Remus Smith and Justin Olam are on, they're probably one of the best center pairings or one of the better center pairings, you know, in the competition at their very, very best. I don't know if I could, I'd take it that far, but they are very good when they're on. And I think that if these two are on, especially paired next to each other as well, it's going to be a very dangerous side. Going up against Paul Momorowski and Junior Balga, who have, you know, for most of the year been in reserve grade pretty much, I think it is going to be a very interesting night. Uh, you know, these sides going up against each other, the right-hand side for the Melbourne Storm versus the left-hand side of the Sydney Roosters. I think that's going to be a big test. Uh, also to that as well, Marion Seve and Will Warbrick. We know that Jackson Paulo and Corey Allen have spent their time in reserve grade as well. Corey Allen having a little bit more first grade experience this season. Uh, I think so anyway. Um, I think that, again, Marion Seve, Will Warbrick. Marion Seve's had a fair crack this season for the Melbourne Storm. He's been in a few games for them. I think that the back line for the Melbourne Storm is something that's going to be very dangerous for the Roosters. The Roosters definitely need to be dialed in in their defense uh, on their edges. I think that is going to be the big thing. I think there were some concerns around Jackson Polo and his defense. I think that that is going to have to be a big thing for the Roosters going into this game. The defense in their back line, I think, is going to have to be superb because we know how strong Olam is. And we know that he's going to be defensively strong and in attack as well. Very strong guy for his size. Um, you know, he's going to smash you if you're not on, if you're not switched on. And I think that Paul Momorowski, especially being the center guarding him, needs to be switched on. So, uh, yeah, the back line for me for the Melbourne Storm is going to be big. I think Cameron Munster is going to really turn the ship around. I think Jerome Hughes is going to be a big part of that as well for Melbourne. Really turning the ship around, getting them playing some big footy. They're going to be absolutely fuming about the game last week against the Brisbane Broncos. I think they're going to come in primed, ready to go. I think it's going to be very hard for this Roosters side to win. I really do. Without game breakers like Justin Olam, your Billy Smiths, and especially your Joseph Suarez with those catches and how good he's been in the air uh, over the past two or, two or so weeks, I think it's going to be a real, real test. A real test. I do like Jackson Polo's kicking game, which we'll get to in a second on the wing. But other than that, I mean, in terms of the flair and going through each player in this team, I think Melbourne for the back line, it definitely has a bit more NRL experience, I would say, in the back line. So I think that's going to be a big thing for them going into this game. We take a look at the Roosters now, obviously missing Billy Smith, Joseph Manu, and Suwali. We obviously mentioned those guys before. Um, without those game breakers, I think it's going to be very hard for the Roosters to get a big win in a big way against Melbourne or get a win at all. I think Melbourne do get the job done. And we'll obviously, as I said, we'll get to that in a second, but... 
Um, your Billy Smith, uh, that play that he has where he palms you off the right hand and steps to the left um, and literally runs around you. It is a sensational play. And that, and that play that he's been doing over the past few weeks has really been working out for him. It makes him so much, he's so much more dangerous than what we've seen from him in past years. Um, obviously, there was a lot of talk that he was going to be the next best thing, that he was going to be the plan moving forward. A lot of people had their doubts, especially a lot of Rooster supporters had their doubts. Uh, but he's coming and he's killed it this year. Absolutely killed it, Billy Smith. Uh, Manu, I think, is going to be a big loss, not just in his attack, but in, in his defense as well. And just his motor, he works so hard for this side, Joseph Manu. Uh, does a lot of little things that people don't notice because all the big things are getting in the way. I think Manu is going to be a massive loss there in the centers. I also think that Suwali, just with how he's performed in the year, some of his catches, some of the plays that he's come up with in big games this season, especially at the latter part of the year moving towards finals, I think they're going to miss that as well. I really do. Um, so, yeah, look, I mean, the back line is really going to hurt the Roosters. If you look at the forward battle here, Fletcher Baker v. Tui Kamika Mika, uh, Christian Walsh v. Lindsay Collins. I'm loving this forward battle. I really am, especially the nine battle. Obviously, Brandon Smith playing up against his former club in finals. It was obviously saying during the week that, you know, it's going to be massive. He ends up getting the win against uh, the Melbourne Storm, against his old club in finals, and gets a chance to play for a grand final. I think that's going to be massive um, for him. He was saying in that interview, I think it will be massive for him. I think that, you know, if the Roosters as a whole... With the, with the adversities they've faced, with the side they've got on paper at the moment, if they get to a grand final qualifier, that is going to be absolutely insane. I don't think anyone's going to expect it. And look, at the start of the year, we were all going on about the Roosters being in that grand final. If they, with everything that's happened over the past week, with all the outs that they have going into this game... If they get a win, I think that is going to be absolutely huge. Absolutely huge for the Roosters. Uh, and I think that is going to be off the back of their forward pack here. Obviously, Fletcher Baker, Lindsay Collins starting, setting the tone here. Brandon Smith uh, with his service. His service has definitely improved a lot since the start of the year. You know, at the start of the year, I was very convinced that he was going to be just a, you know, off the bench lock forward. Uh, for half the year, he was sort of proving me right. I got a taste of Jake Turpin and I liked it. I still think that Jake Turpin, in terms of out and out nines, I think would be grouse to start at nine. You bring Brandon Smith on just to burn you out uh, like he did for Melbourne, obviously coming off the bench uh, with Harry Grant. I thought that, that was going to be the play for the Roosters. But the more I see a Brandon Smith playing a larger minutes in the number nine role. I'd still rather him, you know, coming off the bench or even starting playing the first 20 and then going into a roaming role, which you've sort of started to see a little bit more of. But I like the current role that he's playing at the Sydney Roosters. I really do. I, I really do like the current role that he's playing at the Roosters. I think that he's very dangerous. If he plays a little bit more of a roaming lock sort of role, a little bit for, for longer minutes, I think that's going to be even more dangerous. Uh, but he's, he's gone all right, Brendan Smith. He's, he's been much better over the past few weeks. Super Wong, his work ethic is, has been outstanding. And going up against Alicia Katoa, I think is going to be a massive test for him. Uh, Trent Lorio as well, a very underrated back rower going up against Nat Butcher, who's just a battler and a tackle bot. I think that's going to be a nice battle, this back row battle. The forward battle in general is absolutely insane. Uh, I think Sua Wong, though, fuck, he has been absolutely sensational over the past few weeks. 
Uh, fuck, he's got a motor on him, and I think that he could be a real handful here. But yes, him and Alicia Katoa, that is a matchup of the ages, and I'm very, very keen to see how that goes. Uh, and then obviously you've got Victor Radley, Josh King there as well. Victor Radley has been a bit hot and cold over the past few weeks as well, in my opinion. For this season, he's been very hot and cold. I'd love to see him step up and go to a new level, uh, especially in a big game where he could be playing for a grand final qualifier here, the Roosters. I think it's going to be an imperative that they get the win here over the Melbourne Storm. So... Yes, I think the Ford Pack's going to be a big part of that. Even the Ford Pack coming off the bench. Nelson v. Egan Butcher. Terrell May has been outstanding over the past few weeks. Uh, and obviously Angus Crichton. Then Tarek Sims you got on the other side of the park. Uh, Tom Eisenhuth, Alec McDonald. I mean, such an awesome forward battle here. And very interesting for Melbourne going for an all-forward bench. Usually they love having that number 14 there in a Bronson Garlic or obviously last game in Ryan Pappenhausen. I would love to see Suilavi Faulogo come into this side and absolutely tear it up. Now, he saw how he went uh, last time he played in the 14 in that reserve grade game, Melbourne v Brisbane, the one before, obviously, uh, Melbourne got the flogging. I'd love to see Faulogo come back into this side for Melbourne, play that 14 role, come on and absolutely blow the Roosters off the park. I think that'd be so dangerous. Um who comes out of this side, I'm not sure. Probably an Alec McDonald since he hasn't been there for majority of this final series or majority of this season, really. I'd love to see Logo come back into this side. Tyron Wishart, they mentioned it on Bloke in the Bar that he's been coming in and playing a bit of hooker in reserve grade for the Falcons and doing quite well. Bronson Garlic even. I think they do need another hooker here because you can't expect Harry Grant to play 80 minutes of football. You really can't. He looks a little bit worn out, I guess. And I think that... I think it'd be much better for him if he played a little bit less minutes. You had a Bronson Garlic, get a Tyron Wishart who can just go through the middle there at hooker, do the hard yards, add a bit of explosiveness, especially in the Tyron Wishart department. He was outstanding coming in at seven the other week. I thought that he was really, really good. Uh, but a far logo, I reckon, just going through the middle would be insane. Then again, I think that uh, for the sake of Harry Grant, they need another hooker in there just to come on and take his place. Uh, Drew Hutchison is in the reserves as well. You'd think that he'd be the guy that came into center, but obviously they've got a bit of faith in Paul Momorowski, and I don't uh, you know, go against it at all, to be honest. Jake Turpin in the reserves as well. Uh, obviously, Stanton Smith getting the 14 jersey as he has over the past few weeks. Came into fullback the other week, so it shows his versatility. So again, don't really mind it at all here, Stanton Smith. Uh, he's done a great job in that 14 role, playing hooker, obviously playing halfback for majority of the season while, um, you know, Sam Walker was out. He's done a fantastic job this year. He's had a really good crack of first grade. I think that he's going to uh, add a bit of spark off the bench. But again, I think Melbourne need the same thing, to be honest. In saying that, I think the Melbourne Storm do win this game just based off the sides and based off, you know, just... <laughs> Just thinking about this game even, Melbourne are going to be fucking fuming that they lost against, obviously, the Broncos last week, who they have a fucking substantial record over, by the way. I think that Melbourne are going to come out here fuming. I think they're going to want this game more than the Roosters a little bit. I think that the Roosters are obviously a bit battered and bruised in the backline department. If Hughes and Cameron Munster spread the ball a bit earlier in sets and just get guys like Justin Olin running hard lines at Paul Momorowski, Marion Sevain, Will Warbrick doing their thing, Will Warbrick as well, going to be a massive, massive advantage in terms of size there going up against Jackson Polo still. Um, 
Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I do think that the Melbourne Storm are going to win this game. I think it is going to be very tight, but I think that at the end of the day, Melbourne are just going to come out and absolutely kill it after having a shocker against the Brisbane Broncos the previous week. So I think Melbourne win that one. Uh, looking at the lineups here for the Warriors and the Newcastle Knights, and I'll try not to dribble on as long about this one. But this is going to be one of the more entertaining games out of the two, to be honest. I think that Melbourne can easily make their game a 13-plus game if they want to. But I feel like it's going to be a bit closer than that. I think it's still going to be a good game. But I think this is where the big game is going to be at. This is a cliffhanger for me, uh, the Warriors v. the Newcastle Knights. Because I think this one is going to be so, so tight. I couldn't honestly sit here and, and pick it for you. I've obviously gone with the Newcastle Knights. As per my tipping, uh, I've gone with the Newcastle Knights to win the game against the Warriors. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, it, it is so tight. It's pretty much impossible to pick, to be honest. Uh, if you're actually logically thinking about this game, you know, chance of a clock start in terms of his defense has brought a lot to this Warriors side at fullback. And Callum Ponga has been outstanding over the past few weeks as well, leading into finals since his return, really. He's been outstanding. He's been the informed fullback for me in the competition at the moment. He'd be a real, real smoky if he had played a little bit longer of the season. For fullback of the year, Dalian fullback of the year. It's between him and Dylan Edwards for me or chance of a clock start. I could pick any three of those guys. They've been outstanding. Uh, but Callum Ponger, I think, is going to be the big, um, you know, big ticket item for the Newcastle Knights to win this game. He provides a lot of X factor for them. Uh, Dan Gagai, we saw a lot of errors from him last week. I think that he has really got to focus on the disciplinary factors of his game. And it's just the simple things like catching the ball as well. Had a few knock-ons last week. There was a few errors made by Dan Gagai before he obviously had a really good stint at the back end of the game. Uh, just working on those errors, I think it's going to be a big thing for Dan Gagai. You take the errors out of the game last week. He had a fucking blinder. Um, Brad. Bradman Best, I think they need to go to his side a little bit more, get him a little bit more involved. Um, you know, they love going down the way of Dane Gagai, and they did last week. They must have recognized something um, with how Canberra were defending or a weakness in Canberra's defense on that side. Uh, but I think they need to equally share the ball around here because both sides are pretty much just as dangerous. Greg Margie, Bradman Best, and obviously Dane Gagai and Dominic Young sharing the ball around to both sides, the ruck. I think it's going to be the big ticket item here as well for the Newcastle Knights. Um, Tyson Gamble, I think, has been so good for the Newcastle Knights and has probably been one of their better signings, to be honest. I think he's been their signing of the year. Uh, him and Jackson Hastings, obviously, tied for me. I think he's been outstanding. Tyson Gamble coming in uh, to this side, obviously, from the Broncos. A lot of people thought he was going to be a second-string 5'8", which he was for a while. He's come in. He's done an outstanding job when he's been in this side and now getting pretty much the full-time gig in the number six jersey now that KP's moved back to fullback. And obviously, Lockie Miller has gone to the Super League as of next year. He pretty much gets the full-time gig there in the six. I think he's been outstanding. I think he's going to be a big factor in this game. Uh, I think Tamari Martin last week was a bit hot and cold. Dylan Walker was doing a lot for the Warriors last week. Uh, I'm really keen to see this halves battle here. Sean Johnson v. Adam Clune as well. Sean Johnson coming back into the side for the Warriors is going to be massive, and we'll touch on that when we talk about the Warriors a little bit more. Um, but I think the halves battle is going to be pretty insane. I mean, you're looking at the forwards for the Newcastle Knights. Um, Leo Thompson has been so good for them, especially th- with their go forward through the middle. 
so good that Daniel Saifidi's on the bench and he played Origin only two years ago, two or three years ago now, which is insane to think about. Uh, Jacob Saifidi getting the big crack there in the front row, starting with Leo Thompson. I think that is such a dangerous forward starting uh, forward pack to start. I think it's so dangerous. Phoenix Crossland's been probably one of the hookers of the year right now. And if he had played a little bit more of the season, I would definitely have him as the hooker of the year. He has been fucking unbelievable. And he's even come out publicly and said that he wants a crack at, you know, the second string hooker coming off the bench. I think he'd kill it. I reckon he really would uh, in that number nine role. Obviously, they've got Jaden Braley to come back as well into this side next year, which a lot of people forget about. A lot of people have forgotten that Jaden Braley exists and he's coming back into the side next year as well. So it just adds another dimension to their footy. Even if they do lose this game against the Warriors at home, um, I, I think that next year they're just going to have another dimension added to their footy with Jaden Drayden Braley um, coming back into the side as well. And it's going to be very interesting to see how their side looks next year as well. Uh, you could not tell me that Phoenix Crossland will not be in the side next year, even if that means that Kurt Mann's out. I think Kurt Mann got linked to the Bulldogs as well. It'll be very interesting to see what happens in this offseason and how this side looks next year. But look, going into this game, very, very keen to see this battle. It's going to be very, very close. Uh, Dylan Lucas, I've been a big fan of him. He comes into the side, obviously, with Lachlan Fitzgibbon having an injury or you know re-doing it, re-injuring his shoulder, I think it is. Uh, I think that's the last game that we're going to see of Lockie Fitzgibbon in a Newcastle Knights jersey. Obviously, he goes to the Super League 2 as of next year. So very interesting stuff um, for Lockie Fitzgibbon and wishing him all the best in the next journey if he doesn't come back next week or if the Knights lose. Uh, but Dylan Lucas, I really love the footy that he's played in the back row when he's come in there you know, on those occasions this year. He's been sensational in the back row, especially from a super coach standpoint. Loved his work. I think that he's going to be a big factor in this game as well and a big test going up against Jackson Ford in finals as well. Ford's been great for the Warriors. I think going up against... Uh, sorry, Dylan Lucas going up against Jackson Ford's going to be a big test for him. Torhu Harris as well is going to be the main sort of element there in the middle along with Adam Fenua Blake for the Warriors as well. Adam Elliott's going to be a bit switched on in the middle as well as Leo Thompson and Jacob Saifidi to defend what is going to be a really strong start from the Warriors. If they start as strong as they did against, obviously, the Penrith Panthers, it's going to be a very tight game. I already think it's going to be a very tight game. Dylan Walker v. Kurt Mann, two of the better 14s in the competition. Kurt Mann came on and played half halfback and killed it, so he's been great over the past few weeks. Dylan Walker's come into the halves, uh, obviously, last game as well. You know, the, the versatility that both of these guys provide... Um, you know, it makes them so dangerous here. And you've got Chaz Tavaga that can easily slot into hooker as well if need be. It's like having two 14s that can go into the forwards uh, for the Warriors, which makes them so dangerous and so unpredictable as well. Even Bailey Sirenen here, you've basically got three guys that can come in and slot into hooker. You've got two guys that can go into the halves in Bailey Sirenen and Dylan Walker off the bench. They all can all go into the middle forwards, all into the edge forwards if you need them to. It's the, probably the most unpredictable bench we've ever seen or that we've seen for a while here for the Warriors as well, which is going to be a big factor into the mind games that are going to be played here. And then Josh Curran, just an absolute battler coming off the bench as well. Love to see it here for the Warriors. Um, and they've got to be strong bench for the Knights as well. I mean, Kurt Mann being the 14 who can, as we've said for the Warriors, come into a multiple come into multiple positions. You've got Daniel Saifidi, who was an origin front rower only a few years back. 
Uh, Jack, Jack Hetherington, who is just an absolute beast, gets through a ton of work there in the front row. Just a battler and very tough as well. Sometimes too tough. Wink, wink. Uh, and Matt Croker as well, who's done a pretty decent job as well, coming into a lock forward role, going into the full, uh, front row forwards as well um, at stages this year. He's a really solid player, Matt Croker. Um, and I'm keen to see his impact coming off the bench here for the Newcastle Knights as well. Uh, I mean, take a look at the Warriors. Again, I think the back line's going to be a big factor for them as well. It's a beautiful battler, a battle, sorry, around the entire park. Fullback, wing, center, five-eight, halfback, pretty much everywhere on the, on, the, on the park for both of these sides. You've got a very, very big battle on the cards as well. So from 1 to 17... It is going to be a bloodbath here. The Warriors of either Newcastle Knights. Uh, the back line, I think, is going to be the more interesting battle, though. A lot of prolific try scorers here, especially when you look at Dylan Watani's Lesniak. He does incredible things um, for the Warriors on the wing. He loves scoring tries. He's going to be a big factor going up against Greg Marshy, who I think is going to be a bit of a test for uh, Dallin. I think that Dallin's going to find it hard to score tries if he scores any. Uh, Rocco Berry's been super underrated, super tough footballer there in the center. It's definitely going to be there next year. He is an absolute freak, loving Rocco Berry and what he's doing at the moment. Marcelo Montoya provides a bit of spark on the wing as well as he always does. Sean Johnson coming back into the side. I think a lot more direction comes back to this side and the way that he's matured as a player. I really do think that he's going to make the all the world difference. Obviously, we talked about the forward battle already. Adam Fanor, Blake, Mitch Barnett, setting the tone through the middle. Um, yeah, look, I think this is going to be the real nail biter here. Warriors, the favorites. I am taking the Newcastle Knights, though, to win this one. I think that they're the more likely side to go on to a grand final qualifier for me. So I am going to take the Newcastle Knights over the Warriors, but... It's so hard to pick. It is so hard to pick. And it took me a while to sort of confirm that as my decision as well, looking through these sides. But also, even before before that, thinking about this game over and over and over in my head when even putting the predictions in before finals even began. Um, so it's going to be a very, very tough game. Uh, and I'm really excited for this week of finals. I think it's going to be a lot more entertaining, even though there's a lot less games than last week. One.